On this episode of BizBody, show number three, the Ultimate Practitioner's Business Workshop, we go over vision, we go over your ideal client, and we go over the reverse gap. Oof. Mind the the gap. The reverse gap. It's always worse than the inverse gap. (laughs) Make sure that you guys go over to BizBody, not it. That was so fast. That was like the micro machine guy. Dude, that was so fast. Bizbody.net. It's you gotta have your DJ late night DJ. Late night DJ voice. So make sure you guys go over to bizbody.net. Put in your email. So you can download the ultimate practitioner's business workshop and you get Special introductory podcast by yours truly. I'm telling and you, Keith. it's going to be great. It helps map out all of these shows. There's six shows total. There's a whole bunch of worksheets that help you align your practice with your goals to get you set out on the right foot or to revamp your practice. And make money. So get it done. Download the workflow and give us a review while you're there. Maximum stars. Maximum always to the max. So without further ado, guys, show number three, vision, reverse gap, and your ideal client. Today is a very special day. One day three of our ultimate practice builders workshop. Hump day. Hump day. That's really loud. Turn my mic down. Yeah, is that mine? That one's mine. Oh, 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 oh it's this. Oh, oh, you blew it. We're having technical <laughs> difficulties. So there we go. Okay, so today we're going over the vision questionnaire workflow and. This was something that I first went through when I went to a barbell business um, workshop, which was really cool. I really wish that, Brandon, you could have been there, too, because it would have been a whole different experience. And part of me was glad that I did go by myself because I got a different experience out of it. Um, it's it's like doing it twice would have been would have been really cool and it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> so because uh, all those guys are like retired now just doing their own their own thing they're just doing they're just <laughs> all doing their own thing they're just like oh i got one guy talking about uh, mind-altering substances and another guy that that still loves exercise uh, and then another guy broke off completely and formed the gym right program which we did for a little bit which was which was good you know, it got us to to this point you know and uh, it's a uh, gym right is a, a great uh coaching outfit for uh, CrossFit businesses. And um, they're really good in that niche. Uh, we're not a CrossFit box. Yeah. <laughs> and so which, you know, some of those things applied, some of those things didn't apply, but they have a great, like, um, uh, not network, uh, what's kind of like set up, well, what is that called? Like Pla- they have, platform. They have a, they have a great yeah, platform. they have a great platform, a great system for basically like systematizing all your stuff. Right. I mean, I think, you know, from the aspect of what they keep track of and what you should be abreast upon, like as far as what your numbers are in your business, like mm-hmm. it's applicable across the board. It yeah. was just a lot of the marketing stuff that they do and how they churn out uh, their messaging is all CrossFit based, yeah. which isn't what we do. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's not a cheap 
thing to go through. <laughs> so it, it's like, you know, it comes down to, for us, it came down to just the fact that it's like, oh, okay, so we got the bare bones of some things that we need to, you know, we obviously know we need to do better with and have an idea of. Um, but now that we have those things, it's like, why are, you know, like we're paying all this money for all these marketing things that quite honestly just weren't applicable to yeah, us. We don't do challenges. Like we, we, we don't do the traditional marketing approaches of other gyms. And, and that's also what we're going through right now. And we can't wait to share with you guys in the future is what we believe marketing should be in the future. Like that's, that's huge. And that really starts with what we're doing today. So the first step was our checklist to find out what it is that um, we need to work on. Number two um, was your perfect day. And now number three is the vision questionnaire workflow. Where do you see yourself in your business? And as we go through this, each one of these questions are here for a reason. Taking that one step further, they can be interpreted in a whole bunch of different ways. And I think this this whole process takes on or has taken on a whole new meaning even after coming back from um, like core and the core experience with Michael Burnoff and the idea of like, you know, does your vision line up with your actions that you're actually taking to try to get to where you want to be? And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, kind of delving into something like that, that was totally off base from what we have ever been through. And, you know, quite honestly, I had no idea what the hell I was getting into going out there. But, <laughs> I didn't uh, either. I just <laughs> like, I'm like, and they say it's a communications conference. Right. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is way more than that, you know, <laughs> like, um, but I think, you know, that's also helped, you know, as we go through this stuff, like, you know, change some of the things and some of the ways we look at this stuff, you know, in the sense of, again, you know, it's always interesting going back, you know, a year, year and a half after writing some of these things down and like, how much things have changed or not changed and what your what you thought things were going to be then turned into something completely different. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's not something you do just once and forget about. It's not like you did your homework back in school. This is a reviewing process of things that you can use over and over. So as you change, you're a moving target through life hopefully, you know, like unless unless you're so set in in what you believe and that's never going to change, which is cool too. I mean, either way, you have a different exercise or an exercise that you can do to look back on to see where you were and where you're going in the future. And and that's the construct of writing something out now and seeing how your values, your core values have changed over time because those values are going to guide a lot of what you're going to do. And that's really what this vision questionnaire workflow is about is vision quest. I like it. (laughs) Vision quest. It's a movie. Uh, It's vision (laughs) quest. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Starring Deadpool. <laughs> Way back on Planet X, there is a man named Deadpool, and he's got a vision, Vision Quest. There you go. Of death. Do you think he'll? Do you think he, we could sign him up for that? I think like Ryan Reynolds may want to do something like that because he is Canadian. And he is really really nice. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> need Fred Savage too, tied up to a bed. <laughs> So with with that being said, <laughs> let's go right into our vision questionnaire workflow. So number one, um, where do you see your business in a year from now? What is your role in that business a year from now? What do you think your biggest challenge will be? So who do you see your business helping? Now with those first four questions, 
take your time, think about those things, write them out to go to the next step. And we're going to go through these questions pretty quick. Because all this stuff is, is going to be downloadable. So you're going to, like, we're just going through this so that everybody has a sense of kind of what it is. But all this stuff can be found on the, the website yep. for you to download and actually, like, print out and do on your own. And literally just pause it as you go because we have so much to get through in, in this specific episode. So, but, but mostly we're just going through this for people that can't read. <laughs> So if you're illiterate, this is like right up your alley. Exactly. So we got the sheets, and then we're just going to rattle off like what the sheets say. So, so what, do you, what do you write when you're illiterate? If you, if you can't, well, maybe you're like going to have to do You're going to have to do it on the computer where it's you have the mind Google mapping. Translator for a mind map. Hey Google, can you look at this mind map and just translate it for me? Because I'm illiterate. <laughs> Speak it to me. It's so insensitive. I know you're such an asshole. I know. Now, with that being said, back okay. to business. <laughs> In what areas do you see yourself needing help with, or do you need a team to help you bridge that gap with the skills that you need? Um, what will be the business's main purpose, and how will you help people? How do you see the business changing three years from now? What will your part in that evolution look like? How will your role change from what you currently do? Like, do you need to have a specific set of skills to help you change? Who else is your business serving and how will you make your service better? So is it just you that you're servicing? Is it your clients that you're servicing or is it other professionals that you're also hooking up with? Well, not hooking up with. <laughs> that's a great way to take that's a, Yeah, that's a you great just, way to blow your business you're up. You're just going to hook up, up with, with all, all your employees. <laughs> Way to hook up. Or other professionals that add another dimension to the service that you provide to your clients. So um, from there, what relationships have you made or have you made to make your service even better? And then what does that look like another two years in the future? We're saying, okay, um, five years from now, do you need different products or different services added on to your core service to make your service even better. Right? Now, is that all brick and mortar? Do you need a space? Or is the only space that you need virtual and online in, in app form? Well, what would that look like? Yeah, I know for us, you know, we started out in a like 800 square foot little facility that, you know, housed not only our two offices, but a like, quote unquote, trainer's office, a bathroom, and a gym. We never told that story, you know that? We never... Never even like shared any part of that 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 growing process. Yeah, we should yeah, do that, that one of these times. That'd be a good podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, go for, going from like this little like cardboard box, basically, like <laughs> that. Now I look back and I'm like, how did I even fit a table into the room that I was in? And then now being in the facility we're in now, where you know we're pushing thirty seven, thirty eight hundred square feet, and have you know a pretty decent sized gym. Like I can fit three of my old offices in my current <laughs> office and I can actually fit, um, besides me and my client, I could fit several other people. Whereas before, like people would have to sit out in the gym and watch me like, Oh man, what the, what the heck just happened? Right. You know, <laughs> it, and not, not only that, it's like, we also have a gym now, not just because we wanted to work out with the equipment, but we have, we have a purpose behind 
the gym, right? We have a complete workflow with that. So it's still recording, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I think so. Cool. No, this is I, good stuff. It's, it's really good stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> still going. It's still going. Um, so how can you leverage your time to be even more effective at helping people? Or how can you leverage your time to do what you want to do? Um, what is your role in the business at this point? What new relationships are necessary to make this a reality? And what are the new skills you'll have to learn in order to take on these challenges? Now we're going to shift gears of this, which is, can you sum up your business in one sentence? And can you do that in your vision from one year from now, three years from now, and five years from now? And can the layman understand it? Yeah. Because that's, I mean, I think that's, that's the biggest maturation for us over this time has been just getting something that the the layman can understand, you know, when, when you're in whatever realm you're in, whether it's, you know, chiropractic, exercise, massage, whatever, I think a lot of times you get caught up in the idea that everybody knows what the hell you're talking about, well, you know? What was, what was my main problem talking with people, like, when we first started? Oh, you verbally puked all over everybody. And you just said, like, <laughs> their eyes look like they're going to bulge out of right. their head. You're just you know? like, uh, literally within 30 seconds of listening to you talk, like, people were checking out. And they were asleep. Yeah. Because, I mean, you were totally, completely, like, you were being so specific and you were being very detailed, right? And, like, what it is that we do, which makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. But then, like, even other professionals, you would see their eyes talkie, bugging talkie, out. Like, talkie, too much holy talkie. shit, like, I don't even know what the hell this guy is saying right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. and how does that apply to me, you know? Um, and I think, like, as the last couple of years especially, like, you've gotten a lot better at that. And I think you you actually catch yourself better now where, you know, you start to kind of get into that zone sometimes. And it's – I notice it more when we, when we talk with other professionals than – even when you talk with clients now, like you've gotten so much better talking yeah. with clients. Yeah. But you still, when we talk with professionals, I think sometimes like, you know, your inner Keith nerd like <laughs> pops out and just basically starts like going into these diatribes that you and I both would think that most professionals that we deal with on a regular basis would understand the majority of what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's kind of amazing how much they don't. Yeah. Like, or the context of what we're talking about, like, gets completely lost um, in translation, right? And I think it's a twofold thing because they kind of lose the idea of, like, what we're talking about. But then when they try to tell us about, like, what they're doing and their ideas and stuff, like, I think they get annoyed at how many questions we ask. Mm-hmm. Almost like we're dumb, but yet we're just trying to understand like where they're actually coming from, like, and trying to speak the same language. So no generalities. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when, when you get used to being very specific in how you talk and then you talk with people that are very general, it's kind of like, how do we bridge that communication gap so that I'm not assuming that I think I know what you're saying and that like, I'm actually getting exactly what your, you know, thought process behind it. Right. And, you know, it's interesting when you when you talk with people like that, like in their reactions, when you start to really question some of the things they say, because I feel like a lot of people just regurgitate things that they've heard from somebody else yeah. or that they've memorized. And sound then, bites. Yeah. And then when you start to actually, you know, really want to dive into that, like they get defensive because now they don't know what to really tell you, you know, and I think 
if you want to really get your messaging clear with people, like it's got to be simplistic enough to where, you know, somebody that doesn't know anything about exercise kind of understands what the hell you're saying, like, or, or it kind of resonates with them, you know? And it's like, it might not be the tech, like technically the, the best description of what you do, but at the end of the day, you know, that's where your messaging is to get them through the door so that maybe at that point you can, get down to the technical aspects of the exact thing that you do. But if I try to make thing, if I try to sell somebody on what I do based on scientifically how things are kind no, of it's not done, like it's it not just goes work. over their heads and it's, it's kind of no like, point. eh, eh well, I don't. I, you want to relate to them and you want to help them. Right. And what's interesting is, you know, what you said before, which is you notice it when I would, try to speak to other professionals and there was there was two things to that like I wanted to be specific so they understood that I took the time to be specific but I never really thought of it as when I speak that way that I'm it's almost like an ego boost for me too because it's like hey look at what I know about to help these people and that they're going to be safe with us if if you choose to to send them our way um, when we normally don't even approach other practitioners as like, hey, you send people to us. It's like, what what do you guys do? Mm-hmm. You know, so now with individuals, this is what our next sheet's about, which is your ideal client. And when I realized it was never about me and it was really about who I was trying to help and how I could relate to that person, I realized Holy crap, I'm, I'm drowning them in my ideas rather than caring enough about what their, what, what their ideas are. And, and that's so important because like, if we're not caring about who we're talking to in their language, in the simplicity that they can start understanding a concept, like that's what coaching is all about. Like if we are in the fitness and exercise industry and we're strength coaches or trainers or whatever you want to call yourself, you're a teacher. And if you can't communicate to other people at the base level of what you're trying to accomplish, like maybe you don't know what you're trying to accomplish as well as you thought you did. Right. And I think, you know, I could, I'll be the first one to admit, like, I'm much better at coming down to my client's level these days than I ever was before, yeah. where it was kind of like, you know, I kind of, I try to meet them at where they're at and I try not to overwhelm them with things that quite honestly, they don't need to know. You know, and I think, uh, you know, when I was younger and like when I, you know, was a little more arrogant about things like, you know, I'd get frustrated with clients when they didn't understand what I was trying to tell them or, you know, for them, some of them, they just didn't care. And, you know, like my frustration level, you know, with that would kind of boil over and, you know, like. I mean, you've been around me. I can be a bit of a smart ass from time to time, you know, and, and, and like, yeah, it like literally would take it personal. Right. And, and there's, there's no reason to take it personal. It's not their fault that they don't know about this stuff. Right. Like, and it, they shouldn't. Yeah, they Most should. of them shouldn't, you yeah. know, and, and I think that, you know, um, that's the biggest, biggest thing for me over the last couple of years has been just like being a little more humble, like about, you know, what we do and what we what we think we know, right? Versus, you know, like, oh, everybody should know this type of thing. How many and it's things like, change in our industry, you know? And like, what was assumed to be law, and like, there's a reason why there's so many theories. Because, I mean, turning it into law or something that is actually causal in science in itself 
is so rare. It's so rare, you know, and, and, and that's exactly why being it's hard to say like everyone says they're open minded. It's really hard to work towards being open minded and finding out where people are coming from. Your ideal client in the sheet that's the ideal client sheet is one way to start the dialogue of you caring enough about the point of view of the person that you're trying to help the most in their in in their vernacular and their vocabulary and truly becoming open-minded to their point of view and their position. And that's why this is one of the main things that I love about this sheet is that you get that opportunity to live it and work towards it rather than just say you're open-minded. Well, and not only that, but it, it kind of gives you more of an insight of the type of client you should really even be marketing to, yeah. you know, like, do you, you know, what kind of client do you currently attract? And do those clients have similar characteristics? Cause yeah. I think like, you know, at one point in time, you know, as a, as a trainer, right. You know, and being somebody that uh, went from working with professional athletes and getting paid a salary that you don't have to worry about like the next person that comes in or this or that, right. Mm-hmm. To going to training time for money and session by session, you know, getting paid and working with a multitude of different people, personalities, not that professional athletes don't have different personalities, but at the end of the day, like they're usually all there for, you know, the same reason. Yeah. Um, and the motivation factor just there, there's not a ton of it now. Yeah. Some guys, yes. Um, but for the majority, no, like their motivation is they either want to be the best or they want to make the most money either yeah. way. That motivation usually translates into them working hard when they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get into the private sector and you start trading, you know, dollars for sessions, you know, a lot of people are get into it initially just for the motivation part of it, you know, and not necessarily for the outcome that it can bring with. Right. Yeah, and yeah. some of that comes with, you know, high commitment. Some of it comes with very low commitment. And then you become almost like, you know, their mom or their dad. Right. And is that something you want to sign up for? Is that the type of client you want? Yeah. You know, and I think when you're when you're new and you're trying to establish like a clientele, you take who you can take because you got to pay the bills, you gotta right? Pay the bills, and unless you, you don't know, need to pay bills, right? And you know, there was times when I first you know moved here where you know I'm trying to establish a clientele where I had you know more people on my schedule that. I didn't necessarily want to work with, but I had to in order to those you know, hours where you're like, oh. pay my bills. Right. And like every week you look at your schedule, like, oh man, these are going to be the longest six hours <laughs> of my week, you know, and like 15 minutes, you know, away from like one of these sessions, just like, oh my God, you're like dreading it the whole time yeah, where yeah. an hour session can feel like a 12 hour day. That's right. right. And it's like, what do you do in that scenario? And yeah. I think that, you know, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of, you know, doing this exercise where you're really starting to see the people that you relate to the best, the people that you enjoy, you know, then it doesn't become as, you know, it doesn't become work as much where you actually enjoy, you look forward to those clients coming through the door. You look forward to, you know, working with that client for an hour or half an hour or whatever you have. And usually the time goes by extremely fast, right? Yeah. Um, 
And then you're not, you don't have as many of those clients anymore that you just kind of dread like, oh, I can't believe so and so. So helpful. You know, and, yeah. and when they, it's like when they cancel, like you want to go out and have beers, you know, like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I can honestly say I don't have any of those clients anymore because I think we've gotten to the point where number one, yeah, we're more established, you know, so we can be a little more picky mm-hmm. with who we work with. But that's the whole point of this goal is yeah. like. I know who I want to work with. And when I bring a client that potentially wants to work with us, you know, into the office and we have that consultation, like that consultation is just as much of an interview for them as it is for me. You know, it's like, and, you know, we're in a position now where we don't have to take on clients if we don't want to. We're very fortunate. And I think, you know, that our time's a premium right now. It is. And I think, you know, that's led to all the people that are here are awesome. Like, you know, it's we've gotten to the point where it's like we've got enough people that really buy into what we're doing that we enjoy working with that like quite honestly have a lot of the the same aspirations they might not be in the same place but they're also championed by like the culture of us focusing on them rather than literally it being about us we're we're the mentors of these people and we didn't realize that we were like when there was a shift in the gym like we didn't realize it because it was literally going through understanding this and the next step is how to be a better mentor. Like how you don't know how to mentor people unless you know about those people. Right. So with this ideal client sheet, um, make sure that you can choose whether you want to do one for like one female, one male, um, Maybe you'd like to work with all males, or maybe you'd like to work with all females. Well, I mean, like, I I don't mean to generalize gender either, if you're, like, gender sensitive, and that's okay, too. So, like, you can choose who you want to work with, however you would like to describe. So, Brandon's going to read off um, the different questions that, that... we think are important to start this process. This is by no means all the questions. You can add questions to this. Uh, some of the questions you may think are over the top, but there's a specific reason for each question that's on this list. So some of the ones, like, obviously, you know, if you, uh, the first one is name. Do you like to work with all Steves? You know, like, if you like the, we if you like the name Steves, Steve's like, <laughs> membership. I, and, you know, I say that in jest because we've got like 15 Steves here. <laughs> It's weird. Steve it's like Steve, it's Steve, yeah. Steve, and Steve this, and it's like, oh, Steve's coming in. Which one? Um, it's like going to a coach's convention and yelling out, coach. Right. I mean, this is the Steve place. Um, age. How old? Like, do you want to work with older people? Do you want to work with athletes? Do you want to work with um, younger kids? Um, that's, that's important to know. Occupation. Um, you might think that one's a weird one, but honestly, like... Uh, you tend to find a lot of the same personality types in certain occupations. And if you are gravitated toward a certain type of individual, I think you'll probably find that the majority of them have similar occupations. Might not be the exact same, but could kind of fall under the same guise of, you know, um, what it is that they do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, income level. Obviously, you know, one of the most important things um, about having a client is having a client that can pay. So, you know, like, or or knowing how much to price your service. Exactly. So, you know, based on what Keith and I do for a living, um, I would say like our hourly rate is, um, very high comparatively speaking with, it's a premium, what other people, um, around the area here charge, but around the country, not so much. Um, 
we actually have a client that uh, sees one of our friends out in California, and like when she comes in for uh, for Christmas for a couple of weeks, she always comes in and does a couple sessions because she's like, "Oh my God, you guys are so cheap," you know. <laughs> but she lives out in California where you know everything out there is a Twice lot more expensive, yeah. you know. And yeah. Our buddy Blair, who has a facility very comparable to us, pays like four times the amount of rent that we yeah. do. You know, so it's all relative, but you know, um, and his again, house is a little more expensive, right? the uh, The income thing is important, um, you know, but there's also we have some friends that do things where, um, you know, uh, where sometimes you can get subsidies. You know, where mm-hmm. you know, like uh, for example, uh, RBI Baseball that's done, you know, here in the city, it's like, you know, major league baseball subsidizes hmm. some of those, um, like coaching lessons and baseball and, and things of that sort. So, you know, do you want to work, you know, f- with something that with lower income type people, but still be able to get paid, you know, a premium price for your service and, and, and live your life. There's certain ways you can do that. Yeah. Um, some other things are like, what type of music do they listen to? Like, personally, I hate country music. Like, it's just like, you know, I, I can't relate when people like that <laughs> stuff. It's just kind of like, who the hell likes that and, stuff? And you love Frank Sinatra, right? Right. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, what kind of clothes do they wear? Like, are they fashionable? Or are they, you know, are they not? Like, does is that important to you? Um, what movies do they like to watch? What do they like to read? Um, or do they not like to read at all? And do you not like to read because you're illiterate? You know, um, I don't know. Um, how do they relax? How do they how do they spend their leisure time or their free time? Um, what do they like to eat? What do they like to drink? What restaurants do they like to go to? Um, what are their favorite websites? Well, that might be an open-ended question that yeah. you might not want the answer to. Um what is the way that they like to celebrate? That was BizBody, by the way. They like to go to BizBody. BizBody done, done it. Um, what is their biggest pain point or problem? What are the things that they come in with constantly um, that you feel like you handle well or that you relate well to that you can give them guidance on? Um, what are the words that they use to describe you to others? Like, mm-hmm. how do they describe what it is that you do or the relationship that they have with you? Or they have trouble doing that. Right. I mean, I know for the longest time, like, our clients had no idea how to explain what it is that they were doing. Other than, like They're warlocks. It's voodoo. It's voodoo. <laughs> like, I don't know what they do, but it's voodoo, and it works. I like the fact that, like, if you move your limb to a position and you try to strengthen it there, if there's not, like, a machine or a barbell in your hand... It's like now voodoo instead of like resistance training. Right. I'm like, how does that, how does it even happen? Right. <laughs> like, well, it's like, you know, it's funny. It's like some of our clients are like, well, you're like trainers, but you're not like any trainer I've ever seen. And you do this other stuff like massage, but it's definitely not massage because it feels like crap. You know, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how to explain that to somebody. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. I you get know, that. That, that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and then the last thing. What is their personality like? You know, are they bubbly? Are they fun? They they like to joke around, or are they more serious? More you know, um, just stern with the things that they come in with, or you know, can you have a good time and play around with them, or you know, or is it just somebody that's a no nonsense, like get in, get done, like um, do the thing type of mentality? Um, so all those things are are important. You're never gonna have probably 40 or 50 clients that are the exact same, but 
you know, I think if you do this exercise and the clients that you actually really like and enjoy mm-hmm. and and you look closely at some of these things, like they'll have a lot of these characteristics very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not all, but you know, quite a few. And it's it's kind of eye popping, you know, when you start to look at it like, oh yeah, like my four or five favorite clients like have a lot of these things in common, you yeah. know. Um yeah. and how can I get more of those? Yeah. You know, oh, like, completely, completely. Like, that is, that goes hand in hand with the idea of, okay, now my day doesn't have those hours that dredge on, or like, do I even want to have an hourly thing? Like, do I want to just start with, um, with a membership base? Do I want to do something online? Am I doing it where I can scale, like have a business where I can scale it so that these are the types of clients that that I can then relate to, because if you start out in a way where you can you can talk with your clients now, and you have a way to relate to yourself and what you're looking for, now you can go in a specific direction. And this is how this sheet relates to the My Perfect Day sheet, because it's like, who are you working with? Well, let's get a little more specific about that, and find out like who are the people that you totally love hanging out with and like maybe take them to coffee or have a beer with them and and, like get specific about it. And maybe there are even more questions that you have to ask of this person so that you know exactly how to message to that person, relate to that person. Like maybe um, if there's a store that they like to frequent, maybe you know where to advertise at to leave like a flyer or to even if there's a website that you need to do a deal with so that you can get your message out to those people. Like maybe you can do something for that website, right? Those are all reasons why these questions are here and for your own personal growth and skill set. Well, it's kind of like making a friend, right? You know, it's... If you look at the top five friends in your friend list and the people that you consider your top five friends, there's probably a high likelihood that they share the same common interests that you do. Yeah. You know, um, you might not necessarily like all the same foods. You might not necessarily like to do all the same things, but there's a commonality between those people that if you were to really look at it like, oh, yeah, like. We're very, very similar. You know, it's kind of the whole adage like losers hang out with losers, winners hang out with winners, right? You know, it's like how many successful people do you know that hang out with people that aren't successful? You should want to be around people that lift you up. Exactly. You know, and it's it's like when when you're with people that are always downers and that, you know, don't have their shit together, how many other people do they hang out with that don't have their shit together? You know, it's like... So the idea of, you know, what are the things that, you know, are going to, that you're going to look for in a client that honestly is going to kind of like share the same vision and the same aspirations almost you do, even if they don't, aren't in the same space, because those are the type of people that you're going to want to hang out with. Those are the type of people you're going to want to build a community with. You know, those are the type of people that, you know, if you decide to do like a, you know, membership basis or a, you know, if you open a gym, it's like, yeah, you want people to come in and pay the membership fee and do their thing, but you don't want cancers in there either. No, like no. that are, you know, tearing, eat, eat tearing your membership away. That's you your know? fabric, the fabric like, of your membership. You, yeah. you want those members to all like mutually respect one another mm-hmm. as well as, you know, almost become friendly with one another. If you're going to you throw know? a party, are they going to talk with each other? Right. Or are they going to be like little casts 
of like like socioeconomic casts of of themselves and kind of hang out with themselves until you go over and introduce yourself or other people together. Like, are they just going to mingle? Right. Um, and that brings us to basically the halfway point of this whole process. And what's kind of cool about this process is not only do you get to think of these things, but this is this is not technically a linear process with all these sheets. The, the, the sheets themselves, we're doing like one through like 10 sheets, right? So there's <laughs> there are more sheets. But when you're done with this, you can literally lay it out on the floor and you can see how these sheets relate to the centralized sheet that you did for the very first time, which is that checklist, right? So there's a checklist and these sheets are kind of like a mind map. So you can basically put them out from the first sheet in order to see how they relate to each other. So at the halfway point, which is right now, we're going to go through real quickly the reverse gap exercise, which is also introduced to us by the Jim Wright company or also known as Barbell Business at one point in time. So with that being said, it's a very simple exercise, but it's very powerful because most people don't look back to see where they were and then see where you are today to give yourself at least a little pat on the back for knowing or how far in the butt. Yeah, well, how far <laughs> you've come or like how long is it really taking you to get to where like where you're at today, where you want to go, right? So list down all the things that like you start with today, like where you are at today, how has like ideas of um, what do you do today? What is your client load like? What is your business like? Do you have a website? Have you accomplished some sort of certification? Um, what is your personal network like? Like anything that you can attribute today to give yourself credit for that you are today, right? And not just like these are these are kind of role things. And also identity things like how do you feel personally about yourself? Do you feel confident? Do you not feel confident? Do you feel like you're patient? You're able to communicate better, like identity versus role type of ideas. Well, it's just a checklist, right? Mm -hmm. Like where are you today? And then going back a year ago, like where were you last year? And, mm -hmm. you know, some of that stuff I think uh, is can be eye opening because, you may not necessarily be doing as well as you thought, or maybe you know you're not doing as well as you thought. And some of these things kind of stand out like, ooh, shit, like I need to do a much better job in this aspect of my business mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I'm actually 30% down in this category than I was last year. Or, you know, like I really just didn't do a very good job in this this year and I need to make that more of a priority moving forward. And maybe some of the things that you thought you weren't doing as well, and when you look back, you're like, "Man, I killed that," you know. Yeah, and yeah. and I think you know it, it's it's just a good exercise to kind of give you a sense of honestly where you truly are versus where you think you are. Yeah. You know, and everybody everybody would like to you know have everything peaches and cream. You know, where every year you you see a a 10 or 15% increase in everything. But I mean, that's just not realistic, you yeah. know, and knowing where you think you're struggling versus where you actually are struggling is a big thing, you know, mm -hmm. and how do I need to make those changes over the next year to kind of bring up some of the things that I'm lacking in right now that, you know, maybe, maybe right now I don't give myself enough credit for sucking at those things. Yeah. You know, well, um, how are you going to make a difference for the things that you feel like, Hey, last year, I really wanted to do these things, but I'm scared of doing those things because I feel like I suck at them. 
well, did you make any stride at all to work on the things that you're not as good at? Or did you hire a team member to take care of that stuff? Or do you feel like you want a better grasp on at least the fundamentals of that thing so that you become either competent at it or at least have an idea if the person that you hire is doing a decent job? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that stands out in my mind, like when we kind of go through this stuff is like last year compared to this year, right? You know, and we were through the third quarter and we were talking to our accountant and, you know, like we're kind of, we're looking at the numbers and we're better at keeping numbers now. So we know where we're at and we're looking through the numbers and like, man, like we're going to have to have a killer fourth quarter. Like we're not going to hit the revenue numbers that we hit Mm -hmm. last year, you know? And that's like, that's depressing. Like, especially when, you know, like how hard we busted it this year. Um, and some of the things that we've done to actually actually increase revenue versus decrease it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was something that both of us are just kind of like, man, that, that flipping sucks. Yeah, you, you know, and it's that. like, and, but the numbers are the numbers, they don't lie. Right. Yeah. And we were seeing one number. That one number was revenue, right? We also, like, we also saw the number, though. We didn't even have that the year right. before. <laughs> but we saw the number, and we didn't really dive into the number, right, until we were talking to Jason. And um, Jason was like, well, why are you guys so irritated by that? And we're like, well, because, you know, we don't want to go backwards. And he's like, do you guys realize, like, you guys are spending, like, half the amount of money that you did last year? He's like, you're making more money. And we're like, oh. Well, that's not so bad then, you know? So like <laughs> those things can be a little deceiving, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's like, until, until we talked to him, I think both of us were a little irritated by the fact that it's like, man, we just, we dropped the ball this year, you know, like we didn't, we didn't hit it as hard as we thought we did. Um, we got to make some changes and then well, our, when, met- our metrics were terrible, right? You know, and then, they, they were terrible. And then, you know, like just having that conversation with Jason, he's like, uh, you guys realize that. You know, you're spent, you're like, actually, your expenditures are like half of what you were spending <laughs> last year. It's like, so that means we're making more money? And he's like, uh, yeah. And our, our taxes were pretty much paid for the year, you know, yeah. which, which is the first time that had ever happened. You know, I mean, because our metrics and us doing the thing, well, especially I'm completely uncomfortable, like, going through all these different um ideas of how to look at your revenue and your expenditures and whatnot and keep track of it because it just like would take all of my time and I get so upset with that. So finding a way to take less time to have a better accounting strategy, having an accountant that was working with us and a bookkeeper that was working with us so I could see snapshots of what's happening. And now that we have a plan to take that even one step further, I mean, that was a part of my, my, um, my reverse gap at one point in time. And I didn't do anything about it until like two years ago. And it finally showed up the year after of how much of a difference it made. And when we reduced our expenses, we were like, cutting we're not away. willy nilly. Yeah, we were, we we're cutting away at our debt. And now we're like so close to wiping out like all of our debt to the point where like we're, we're in the black, we're not in the red anymore. And and we're doing things that are very, very positive in our community that we never thought we could do because we were so focused on not feeling the stress of, of debt and like taking our, our, um, our purchasing the way that we did, which is, which is huge. You know, we're really focusing on what's necessary and what's not necessary. So the moral of the story is do the damn worksheet. Do all the worksheets 
and then see how all of them relate to each other when you're done. So that's why this little half halfway soapbox is so important. Do the work. You you'll won't you won't regret it. Number one and number two, you will see how it changes over time, which is so so important. Boom. Knowledge bombs being dropped. So until next time, guys. 